I was minding my own business this morning when a hacker came along and stole my data from the unsecured public network. Gee, I wish there was some way to prevent that from happening. All you need is ExpressVPN. A VPN, or virtual private network, encrypts your data so the bad guys can't steal it. Wow! Have you ever heard of dynamic pricing? What's that? Online retailers charge you more based on where you live. With ExpressVPN, you can appear anywhere you want and get the best deal. That's my favorite kind of deal. What else can ExpressVPN do for me? You can get access to streaming content that's normally blocked in your region. Could I even use it to get past restrictions on work or school networks? Yes, all you have to do is use the ExpressVPN app on your device. You can even use it on your router. That's right. Just go to expressvpn.com forward slash capital A capital C capital P for a special offer and get three months free when you sign up for one year of service. What a deal. Thanks, Thanks ExpressVPN. Express That's expressvpn.com forward slash capital ACP. It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, Agent Redacted. Agent Kruger and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check us out on other social media platforms like Discord. Links in the description. This week's episode, Action Park. Yeah, Action Park, this is one of those one of those urban myths that I've heard about, you know, whispered in the back rooms of the internet, and I never really believed the stories until I read about it for myself. And it turns out that Damn near all true. It's not only is it as bad as everybody was saying, but it's actually worse. <laughs> Far <laughs> Far worse than what I had read previously. So uh, this was Agent Redacted's idea. He wanted to do this topic. So thank you, Agent Redacted. It was quite a lot of fun to read about all this nonsense. Yeah, this <laughs> action park is just like pure insanity. How high were they? <laughs> oh, they, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> I got to say, having uh, having grown up outside the States, I've never heard of Action Park before. Well, you're about I was to. loosely familiar with it, but like speaking of like how high were they, like just the fact that like they had their their uh, microbrewer, like their beer garden, whatever, like right next to Motor World. Yeah. Right next to where all the motor vehicles were. Like, all right, so they, they didn't really think about that, did they? <laughs> but I mean that's the whole that's like part of the, the biggest theme of this whole thing is like safety was not uh key. <laughs> it was not yeah. it was not really considered all that much in this park with uh, a lot of the rides. Well, the philosophy of the founder was the, what was his name? Gene Mulvihill, or I think Mulvihill, Mold, Moldahill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That last name's a little difficult. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Mul, Mulvihill. Yeah. Mul, his, uh, they called him Uncle Gene. His philosophy was <laughs> that he wanted to put the action in the hands of the park attendees or the writer, and you yeah. assumed your own risk. And if you injured, got yourself injured, that was on you. But 
Um, I mean, getting a little ahead of ourselves there, but sometimes that seems like maybe that was just a convenient excuse for him to cut corners and not have to worry about safety and stuff. But we'll talk about all that stuff. So I'm not familiar with Action Park, so I want to know a little bit more about it. Okay. Well, let's get well, started. It, it started off. It started off as a ski resort. Yep. Yeah. And and from what I understand, uh, the the first uh, rides that they put in were actually the Alpine slides, which which uh, ended up being some of the more notor- notorious uh, rides. Are those like inner tube? But they did it to draw. It's so it's, it's like a it's like a like a half pipe, like a concrete half uh-huh. pipe. I think it was it was made out of like oh. concrete, like a fiberglass and asbestos, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get to some specific rides. We'll talk about a little bit more about the Alpine slides. Um, let's get a little bit. Let's get a little bit of history about the resort before we get into the specific rides and all that stuff. So we're talking yeah. about Action Park, which is in Vernon Township, New Jersey. It started off in 1976 as the uh, Great Amer- uh, Great American Recreation Ski Area. They wanted to make some more money during the off season, and they followed what a lot of other ski resorts were be- had been doing, and they built the infamous Alpine Slide which was a 2,700 foot, that's like half a mile, 2,700 foot long it's, slide, right? It's and, a big one. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's got like um, half pipe is, I, I, that makes me picture like something big. It was just like a it's little, not, yeah, it was, yeah, by half pipe, uh, what ETA means is like, it's a little the bit shape. bigger than the, it's the shape. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger than the, the sled. So it's not something huge. So you don't have a whole lot of margin for error. But so basically you're on a sled, you had a handbrake, and um, you would go down. That's a pretty simple concept. <laughs> but some of their advertisements would say like, ah, it's so easy. Kids could do it. I saw a mother going down with her baby. Like it's anybody yeah. can do this thing. It's safe. It's fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now, if a mother did go, if a mother did go down with her baby, that was extremely irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> like if it's the same ride that I rode, like what I was, I was describing, you know, you, you shouldn't, you should, you should not do that. Damn it. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> In 1978, they added two water slides and a go-kart track. At this point, it was called the Vernon Valley Summer Park, and it officially opened as Action Park on July 4th with two opening day promotions. This is probably one of my favorite parts of the whole story is the opening day, their two promotions were a Dolly Parton lookalike contest, because who else? And a tobacco juice spitting contest. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the the golden years. (laughs) If that's that's not some foreshadowing, I don't know what is, you know. (laughs) You're you're in for for a real strange ride here in this episode. All right, in 1979, they began adding water slides and pools, among other attractions. And at the time, this was one of North America's earliest water parks, and when I was a kid, actually, we went to uh, Raging Waters in San Dimas. Raging Waters, dude, yeah. And a lot of the stuff at Raging Waters looked very, very similar to what they had at Action Park. You remember You remember Dropout? Hell yeah, I remember Dropout. That was a good one. That was one. the one, dude. Yeah. That, yeah, that was like their <laughs> scariest one back in the day. It was Dropout. It was basically just a straight down, almost vertical drop, straight down. I don't know how tall it was, but when you were a kid, get on that thing, it felt like about a million feet. You know, occasionally <laughs> yeah, yeah. you do get injuries and deaths at Raging Waters. It's pretty rare, it though. It is rare, but it, it does happen. It's pretty rare. But so the the guy, Gene, Mol- Gene Mulliville, he didn't want to do the same stuff that everybody else where, you know, you get strapped into something and it twirls around. Um, so his son, Andy, Mul- uh, Andy Mulvihill, man, that name just throws me off. Um, yeah. He recalls his father's philosophy. He says, 
He wanted to take the idea of skiing, which is exhilarating because you control the action and transfer it to an amusement park. There's inherent risk in that, but that's what makes it fun. <laughs> like I said, it yeah. sounds sounds a little convenient. But anyways. I mean, I, I understand it. Sounds, yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. The park grew to 250 acres with 75 rides and was a full-blown amusement park that had started off as a simple off-season alpine slide. So they grew this thing. And there's a, there's a whole backstory as to how he got his financing and some Wall Street shenanigans and all that stuff. But um, I don't really want to get into that stuff. It's It gets a little bogged down, I think. But yeah, so if this was obviously a simple amusement park, we wouldn't be talking about it on this show. <laughs> you know, no Disneyland's for us. Um, I guess, you know, if you hadn't picked up on it yet, it, it was a very dangerous place. And it that was supposed to add to the fun. But um, some of these rides are just, they're just, they mind, they're, I can't even, words cannot describe. But so the, <laughs> the park was open until 1996. At, the, at that point, it was bought by a different company. And the water section was operated like 98 to 2010 under a different name, I think. And then opened briefly from 2014 to 2016 as Action Park. And they were hoping to cash in on like the nostalgia or whatever. And um, just looking at these dates, even the original run, it was open from essentially 90, uh, 76 to 96, which is just insane. If you just keep that, keep those years in mind as we describe what we're about to describe. And my reaction was, how in the hell did they not get shut down after one day, let alone 20 years? Well, I mean, after one death. Yeah. But we'll, yeah, you know, we'll get we'll like, get to the deaths. Yeah, we'll get to all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah there, there's a there's a ton of stuff that happened there, and and like like as far as like the type of like the the amount of injuries and stuff, it wasn't just the deaths. There's a lot of injuries and stuff, and I even heard like um, you know accounts from uh, um, that said like the local ER would on an average day they would receive at least like five to seven guests from that park that would have to come to the ER to get treatment for something. You know, every whether it be you know day whatever. Every day, every day. I, I actually, I, I've actually heard larger number numbers than than that. But like, I don't know if some of the larger numbers are to be believed. Um, I, I would have to think that they're probably including like everything from a gash to you know yeah. a broken bone or. And there were actually a lot of broken bones in on a lot of the rides. Yeah, well, uh, throughout we'll the get, years there, and we'll um, get to the specific rides in a moment, but. Um, over over yeah. the years, the park developed several nicknames, such as Traction Park, Class Action Park, and <laughs> stuff like that. Class like, Action, yeah. yeah that's how the, there's actually a documentary named Class Action Park, I believe. Um, yeah, so, yeah, on HBO. Uh, it was like the HBO documentary or something like that. Or That's where it was, it was released. Yeah. So in, in addition to just you know the general unsafeness of it, there's a little bit of background that we have to talk about as well. So first of all, many of the employees or almost nearly all of the employees were teenagers as young as 14. And if they worked there yeah. for a season or two, like two years or whatever, they could get a promotion to some sort of management position, like, you know, the head of park security. <laughs> so the whole place, the entire place was basically run by kids, by almost, almost children. They're barely not children anymore, you know? And hey, no offense to you young people out there, but... Like agent redacted. Like agent redacted. But I mean... You know, well, having, I mean, having like, you know, 17 year olds in charge of the park security is just, it seems a little strange yeah. to me. Well, even like, even like people in the early twenties, they still have a, a ton to learn. You know, I yeah. know I was, when I was 20 years old, I was still quite the idiot. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. 
you know, but like, you know, it's just like, yeah, this whole place was, was, uh, it was like, I, I keep on like getting reminded of like Wayne's world, like, like, uh, action park party time. Excellent. That yeah. seems like that, that was like the attitude of like almost everybody that worked there. You know what I mean? It was party time. Whether it was. you worked there or whether you're visiting, you know? Right. Well, it was heavy. Oh, yeah, if, it was yeah. like if they made a Lord of the Flies amusement park, except it was too <laughs> realistic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good analogy, actually. Yeah, it, yeah pretty much. Yeah. yeah, they so they they would have like training sessions for like you know if somebody's drowning, practice rescuing them and stuff like that. But those were typically used to haze new hires or new employees rather than actual training, right? Um, during the rides, the employees, they didn't really enforce any of the rules like height and weight restrictions. If somebody showed up to go on the ride, they're like, all right, you want to go ahead, you know, have fun, (laughs) you know, regardless of whether or not they should be going on that ride or not. Um, one of, I think one of the largest factors that is not really highlighted often enough is that pretty much everybody at the park was drunk all the time. They did not enforce age limits. They served alcohol to minors the employees would steal alcohol. <laughs> it seemed like that was like a huge part of the culture there. Yeah. You know, especially the culture that was also like a part of like a, being an employee there as well. You right. Know, they all seemed to be drunk always, you know, like it seemed like their, their, their microbrewer that they had on site there right next to motor world. Uh, Cause there, there's three different parts of the, the place is uh, Alpine center, motor world and water world. Right. Yeah. But like right next to motor world, that's where all the beer was, you know? So, I mean, it seems like they were pretty relaxed. Like, like, like what you just said, they, they would even sell to people who were obviously underaged, you know? Yeah. It was like a free for all. I also read that they had kiosks around the park that would sell alcohol in addition to the brewery. So you didn't have to go way over to motor world to get alcohol. You could get it pretty much anywhere. So everybody was drunk all the time there. Apparently that's what, you know, when, when ETA earlier was saying party time, excellent. That's sort of what he was referring to. He didn't mean like the the spirit of freedom or whatever. He meant literally they were partying, you know? Yeah, it was a big party. And they weren't yeah. serving like the little tiny 16-ounce cups that, or like the 20-ounce cups you can get, like full-on Stein-sized German beers. They would have their version of Oktoberfest. It was just yeah, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gene would apparently dress up in lederhosen and do polkas and stuff. It, that guy was insane. <laughs> <laughs> kind of want to go to this place. I love now. the fact. I don't. It does, I, I, it's the attraction to danger. That's it does the, sound everybody's like, going to be attracted to <laughs> death yeah. and danger, right? Like it's it's crazy. And then the fact that he would pay his employees to go down and test these these rides out while they're being oh, constru- oh, like are, as are they you talking were constructed. About the, are you talking about the can the cannonball yeah. loop? We'll, we'll get into oh, that. We'll, we'll get to oh, that. No, yeah. no, oh no, that's not not just that. No, uh, but there's the man and the ball and the ball. Have you heard of that one? Oh like, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes, yep. We'll get to. <laughs> You know what, though? Yep. The, the more and more, more the, the more and more I did research on this, the more and more I felt like I missed out. Like, I know, I, right? I, I, I understand. I I understand that this place was well, was well, pretty dangerous. It could be, but like I also like really want to go there and like you know if, if I could have gone there as a youth or something like I obviously I, I mean I, I grew up on the West Coast, not the East Coast, so there, there's no chance of that ever happening. And I'll, I'm also a little young for this, you know. 
Well, there um, was versions of it. I mean, you could find, like you mentioned, you know, Raging Waters and like yeah. my neck of the woods, there was wild rivers, but also the Big Bear, you would go down that alpine. I didn't even know that existed. So I feel like I missed out on that. And then not only that, mm-hmm. but like they had rides that, you know, like the wave rides, those weren't, you know, like those were great in the beginning, right? You know, but then you started I enjoyed, tallying I, up the death count. I enjoyed the heck out of Raging Waters when I was younger, up until the point I realized how much piss there must be <laughs> in all that water. And then, and then I was just like, ah, I don't know if I want to go anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just like there, whatever, whatever, whether it be hey, the, the water pool. circulates, all right? It just, it's, it just keeps on circulating. Don't think about it. Mind over matter. Yeah, you, well, I mean, yeah, to accept it, you just can't think about it because you know everybody's pissing. In <laughs> the that, amount of chlorine they would put at Wild Rivers, you'd come out like everybody looked like they were stoned. You're just like you'd blurry eyed after like the first 30 minutes of any ride. <laughs> well, you have to. You have to put that much chlorine oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. everybody's pissing in the everybody's pissing in the water. <laughs> Game it is hey, what it is, man. You Game know, theory. Game theory, yo. Everybody else is doing it, so you might as well do it as well, you know? That's that's a simplified yeah, version. Yeah, I mean, that's Game my theory, excuse. But. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take that. But that's just a game theory. But yeah, Action Park though, like they, I mean, they, they actually had a couple of rides that were fed by like natural springs and stuff. Like, yeah, and actually, oh yeah, so natural that they were as cold as hell. Hypothermia yeah. cold. Let's talk. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about like the general information, and then we'll talk about those specific rides. So, in addition to all, all right. everything we mentioned so far, so a lot of the guests attending the park were actually from like urban areas, and they didn't know how to swim. And if a guest had to be rescued, employees would write CFS on their wristband. CFS stood for can't fucking swim. (laughs) (laughs) And they would do this is actually not to be mean, really, but to sort of like let other employees know that, hey, this person can't swim. So keep an eye on them, basically. And it would help them identify people who would probably need to be saved from drowning at some point later on in the day. So, but even though these people couldn't swim, this is like where you keep going back and forth on this because it's, it's not like all one-sided. It's not like the park was evil and the guests had no blame because people who couldn't swim would just jump right into the deep end of the wave pool, for example. Like they can't swim. What are they doing? But they would do it. They would just jump right in there. And then that wave pool, I think was eight feet deep at the deepest, I think. Yeah. And then then they would need to be rescued, of course, immediately because then they would start drowning. So guests would yeah. do stupid stuff as well as the park but um yeah we'll 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 let our listeners decide who is stupider the guests or the park they also advertised heavily to hispanic populations but at the park very few of the employees spoke spanish and none of the signs or instructions or guidelines were actually in spanish so you have some people who you know were probably not that great at english you know, given instructions to, you know, put their hands here across their legs or whatever, which was required on some rides to not, you know, yeah. dislocate your shoulders, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> well, but and a lot of those, yeah, the way that the way that a lot of those rides were designed, like they were, you know, it'd be beneficial to get a heads up on some things. Yeah. You know, but so, so it's, a, it's a shame that that, that wasn't translated. Uh, the, the injuries that happened on a daily basis were sort of considered as the guest's fault, even by the state government who would say that, you know, these guests weren't, weren't following the rules. So they wouldn't have gotten hurt if they were following the rules that they, you know, should have been followed, which isn't the case in a lot of the cases, but, um, a lot of them were caused by guests not following the rules and to sort of quiet down the guests that got injured, they would just give them free passes for future admittance to the park. 
And I was like, when I read that, I was like, huh? So I go and I dislocate my shoulder and they're like, okay, here, just take a free pass to come back next time. I'm like, do you think I'm going to come back next time? Maybe actually, <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. I will. It's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of confusing. Cause like, well, I did just lo- like dis- dislocate my shoulder, but do I, do I want to come back? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And that like kind of speaks to like the nostalgia of the place, man. Yeah. It's like, don't, don't, it's almost like the reason why it was so popular is because it was a da- like, everybody knew it was a dangerous place to go. You know what I mean? You know, like you, you, you might, you might get injured going there and that's part of like the, like the, the allure of it. Like yeah. it's part of like the risk, you know, like it's, it's not your, your regular, like, you know, um, amusement park, you know? Well, this brings so, up I mean, one that, of my, that was part of its, uh, reputation. This brings one of my bullet points. I actually put down in my notes. Average customer was fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just about. So the way they designed rides was that they would just sort of, design them without any rhyme or reason. Like for example, the infamous cannonball loop that we'll talk about in a moment, I'm sure was uh, Gene designed that himself on a napkin. Like they didn't design the, they didn't hire engineers or physicists or somebody to design the rides in a way that made sense. They just made, okay, we wanted to go downhill and do this. Boom, let's do it. And then they would design it and then people would get hurt. (laughs) It was just, yeah. Gina uh, Mulvihel, God, Bless it. That, that damn last name, dude. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, Uncle Gene there, you know, as some of the uh, um, employees called him, um, he basically, like, a lot of the rides that they had set up originally, they, they just hired local, you know, like, uh, carpenters or, or local welders and stuff. And, yeah. like, these aren't people that are, like, you know, like, like they're not trained, like, you know, as architects or, you know, anything like that. They're not really using physics in a lot of these cases. They're yeah. really actually kind of, like, making the rides around the landscape, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're fitting it to the landscape, you know, and, and uh, like avoiding some work by doing that as well. But, you know, it, it's, uh, some of those, like, like, like that cannonball loop one, that one is perfect. It's a, it's a perfect example of somebody designing a ride that, that did not take physics into account in any way, shape oh, or that, form. That was Gene. You know? And he yeah. drew that, he yeah. scribbled yeah. that onto a bar napkin. Yeah. Or on a napkin. Like, <laughs> it, but, then he hired the, yeah, it's, you yeah. gotta trust it. What then, so, before we get into yeah, the specific before we get into the specific rides, we'll do that in just a moment. I want to give just one more example of how Uncle Gene would operate. So there's in one of these documentaries or shows or interviews that I watched, I looked at a ton of material. I don't remember where I saw this. But so an employee was telling a story how Gene had him come into his office. He was real friendly with all the employees, you know, a real super nice guy, I guess, to, to the employees. So the employee the employee comes into Gene's office. And he has a cattle prod and he puts it up to his chest and he says like, I just can't do it anymore, man. I'm done. I can't do it. And he goes pop and zaps himself and falls on the ground twitching or something. And then the guy, the, the employee is like horrified. What? And then Gene gets up laughing. He goes, he's just laughing his head hysterically. He says, hey, look, it's fake. It's a fake cattle prod, but it makes like a sound and it looks like it's real. So then Gene comes up with a scheme to scare riders who are trying to get on rides without buying tickets. Cause I guess that was a big problem in the park. So he gets, in yeah. a, he gets an employee <laughs> to pretend to be a guy, a rider without a ticket and pretends to shock him with this fake cattle prod. <laughs> like they put on this whole show saying so like, Hey, where's your ticket? I don't have the ticket. <laughs> Bam. And they, he gets him with the cattle prod. 
And then the, <laughs> the onlookers are watching this and they're like scared shitless. And some of them oh, actually yeah. called their parents <laughs> and reported like, uh, like an attempted murder or something. Like, <laughs> this is absolutely insane. Awesome. This, this guy was awesome, just, dude. it was just completely bananas. And that's what, that's how this guy ran this park, dude. Just completely off the hook. All right, so that's like well, the I mean, little, yeah, and, and and here's another little tidbit by like how how far uh, that you know that that guy uh, Gene would go, is like like at some point like uh, he couldn't get insured by by any companies anymore, you know, so he just went and uh, created his own company, like I think it was like in the Cayman Islands or something like that or something yeah. like that where it was, it was based. He just made his own insurance company. And yeah, like I think insured it was, himself. I think it was you know? named like England and World Co. Like, or yeah, something London, absolutely ridiculous. London like and yeah. World Insurance or something. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that at yeah, the end. So. But all right, let's let's get into some of the some of the fun here. Oh, Who, God. I think Agent Ether, did you <laughs> want to go first? With some I thought you said you There's had something. So much fun. No, yeah. I okay. had I had so a, much fun. I had a story that relates to this that I'll save for the end. Save for the end? Okay. Okay. All right, Agent Redacted. Do you want to get into uh Motor World first? Okay. I'm covering Motor World, which is one section, one of the themed worlds of the park. And there were three sections in this. There was a land section, a water section, and an air section. So in the land section, you had super go-karts which these were just regular go-karts. Their normal top speed was 15 to 20 miles per hour. This speed was controlled by uh, governor devices, but the employees, they knew how to lodge a tennis ball in the correct space and bring it Mm -hmm. up from 15 to 20 miles per hour from over 50 miles per hour. That's That's not even a joke. It's scary to go that fast in something that's, uh, specially maintained or, or, or it's fun as fuck. <laughs> I, I, I'd wear a helmet personally. That's just me though. So people would play bumper carts oh, yeah. at this oh, speed. Yeah. And this would result in deadly injuries. Poor main, poor, poorly maintained engines also meant riders would uh, sometimes pass out from gas fumes. And uh, that's also not good. Next, we had Lola cars. These were uh, little open wheel race cars, which they're just basically mini F1 cars. They cost extra money to ride. The speed could also be brought brought up to over 50 miles per hour with the same method. Now, a microbrewery was also set up nearby, and employees would break in, steal the beer, and then take the cars out and ride them on Route 94, which was a nearby highway. (laughs) Well, wouldn't wouldn't you? This is peak Darwinism. Yeah, that that seems reasonable to me. That That sounds like just a good time. Also, I mean, yeah, kind of does. Yeah, it does. Uh, also, Gene Mullahill said if someone completes the track under fifty seconds, they should have bikini girls, bikini girls, jump out and oh, yeah. splash them with champagne. <laughs> and he was dead serious about this, like he wanted to. People would yeah. also try to hit employees around the track, like <laughs> drive into them. So that just proves how insane this is. Uh, which area was it that they had those like they had like these like tanks that shot like a? Oh, that's that's also Motor World. We'll get to that. They have they have something like that by us. They have oh, a those little tanks. Oh, that was awesome. There was also the battle tanks, which they they're just like go karts with little tanks on them and like little metal you know cages over them, and they could they had the ability to shoot tennis balls, and when they shot tennis balls at the other person's target, which were located on the side of the vehicle, 
the vehicle will stop and spin around for 10 seconds. Now, this was hell, absolute hell to work for employees since the people, because this is, this is where, this is for, uh, where is this located? New Jersey. Oh, because this is New Jersey, they would shoot employees making this hell to work at. Now, there's also, uh, on the side, there's also tennis ball shooters that you could shoot at the people for, you know, a small price. Now, some sociopath uh, got some tennis balls, found gasoline, poured it on the tennis balls, lit them on fire, then shot them on the tanks, (laughs) resulting in the tanks catching on fire. (laughs) Oh, good times. That's action. That's action if I've never heard it. (laughs) I know there are at least a couple undocumented rides because in the ads – Miniature dune buggies were featured, uh, and I was able to find a pic- couple pictures of them online, uh, but I wasn't able to find any information. Uh, we also had, like, in the water section, we had Miami speedboats, which were just little speedboats. And um, they're speedboats, uh, but people, yet again, treated them like bumper boats and would crash into each other And I remind you, snake-infested waters. There are snakes in the water? What kind of snakes? It was like a swamp. I I don't know. Um, But you don't want to land in that. Yeah. There was an island in the middle that was like just infested with snakes and stuff. And the whole area was known known for having like like snakes. It was also known for- I don't want to go anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It was also known for gas and oil leakage from the vehicles, which uh, led to many dead fish and dead snakes. And- some of the stuff that just happened here was insane. Like uh, there was one time that someone rammed, like they're coming onto the turn where you're supposed to stop and get out of the ride. Someone was parked, but this guy, I bet he's from Florida. He just kept speeding up <laughs> and got on top of the other person's <laughs> boat with the propeller. Keep on spinning like six inches from their head. Yeah, those the, things still exist. The employee. I mean, I'm just going to out there. They still have those. I saw an interview with the employee for that incident, and she actually started hitting the boat and the dude with a stick to get him to let off of the throttle. I guess he just he the the boat was on top of the other boat, and he was still holding the throttle down. And then he got off the boat and just walked away like it was nothing. So that was probably a drunk person. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? I came here for action, all right, in, and I'm gonna get it. In the uh, there's also another water ride called the Kayak Experience. This is the one in fa- famous for somebody flipping out because it's a kayak, and then they touch a fan at the bottom, shocking their shit and killing them. Now, these fans were meant to create like a little rapid experience, like you're going down a raging river. So it's like a wire or something? Yeah, it was just exposed circuitry. So I'm picturing he's like in his boat, he, he capsizes, he's trying to get back in, and he touches this wire, and then he dies. Yeah, heart attack. A heart, heart attack. Yeah, it, well, yeah. Okay. This place is insane. Cardiac arrest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that was the official expl- explanation, but and there there was also a, uh, a a lawsuit relating to this death as well, and then I, I don't think that they ended up winning this one, but like what? that's, that's one, all, what? one of their. Yeah. What? That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't say. You don't say, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, it was one of those ones that that they that gave Action Park, you know, um, the nickname Class Action Park. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was the, that was a big one because the, the because of the way that the guy died, 
was was not it was just it was no good it was well the bad. the state inspectors no I don't wanna, I said don't describe that it. everything was installed properly and everything was fine the park said that uh you know probably gene said that it was oh it was just a nick in the wire other people said it was like eight inches of exposed wire that was near or touching and like a metal grate yeah i think that's more realistic that, uh-huh. But anyway, either way you look at it, there's water parks and theme parks and whatever all over the world use a very similar mechanism to make, to give the water some kind of current to help guide the riders along the ride. And if you wire it correctly, you do it right. You should never, there should not even be a chance of somebody getting electrocuted that, I mean, there's ways of doing the electrical wiring to where that shouldn't even be a possibility. Shouldn't, shouldn't there be fail safes or something? Exactly. Yes. yes. The that fail too. safes are involved. We'll, we'll shut off the power immediately once that 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 like a whatever whatever kind of um, circuit you have set up, whether it be like like a, a parallel or a Sears parallel circuit, whatever it is. Once it encounters one of those kind of yeah, once it encounters water or moisture, it'll shut off immediately. You know, you know, I'm hearing just, a lot of safety rules that doesn't rhyme with action park. Yeah, <laughs> no, action. it doesn't. I need danger. I need no, concussions. No, I need broken ribs. That is a good point. <laughs> yeah, why are we talking about safety? Like that—that that has nothing to do with action park. <laughs> safety. That was losers. the allure. Well, even even their electrical installations right. apparently had the uh, element of danger just to make it more exciting, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. All right. More fun. It was more a ride risk. of passage. There was also uh, a bumper boats rides, which you're in the little circular boat, and there's like a front handlebar where the motor and propeller was connected. And um, since they were small boats, uh, employees would let on larger people or taller people, meaning they're... Yeah feet would stick out uh and this is not a good thing when you're playing bumper boats and this would cause injuries also uh since the boats were poorly maintained because nothing is maintained uh gasoline and oil would leak onto riders skin injuring them (laughs) these bumper boats are actually still around and you can find them pretty commonly like they toned them down obviously and check their leakage but I had a place by my my old neck of the woods that was Palace Park, and they had those donut ring. Uh, you could like shoot people with water and stuff like that, and just bump into each other. It was seemed like harmless fun, but thank God I was short and I didn't have my limbs hanging off the side. But these rides just look like something you'd see in a top ten clickbait video. Yeah, just just I can't. I have no words for how stupid this whole thing is. <laughs> It boggles the mind. Stupid fun. Stupid fun. Stupid fun. All right. I'd love to ride the Lola cars. Those those look really fun. Oh yeah, I mean they're yeah they're they're definitely were you look you, both the employees and the guests. You can look at interviews from various forms of media, and a lot of them look back on it fondly because it was just one big long party, you know, with no rules. <laughs> there there were no rules. I'm, I'm looking at these images that Kruger posted in Discord oh, of, God. The, of the different kinds of rides and the tank God. and the half pipe. Some good <laughs> stuff in there. Action. Oh, yeah. God. It looks like fun, right? Is, is, is the Alpine Slides part of Motor World? No. Oh, damn. If you're done with Motor World, we can get to the Alpine Slides. Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's get... Well, Art, let me just... If, if you don't mind, can I just, can I just mention my favorite attraction... Yeah, here, go ahead. They actually, I think it is. Uh, oh, oh, it might. Oh, damn it! You know, it might actually be in the Alpine area. But I'm, I'm sorry for this interaction. 
like so so this, this interruption sorry so my favorite ride it's not like it's not that the ride itself is like like the most dangerous ride or the most sensational ride whatever the way it's constructed it's the, it's purely the name like this is my favorite name as far as all the rides I've ever seen at this place right it's called the Snapple Snap Up Whipper Snapper Ride oh, I remember yeah is <laughs> that exist oh there's also one the Snapple Snap Up Whipper Snapper Ride there's also one I was it's looking like at the map jump. Kruger posted the Whipper Snapper Bungee Plunge that might be the same one yeah, I, that's that's probably the same one I saw that like. In an interview too, and they said that it had nothing to do with the drink Snapple. It was just sort of a coincidence, <laughs> or no, yeah, maybe a little hidden sponsor. Oh, I don't think Snapple would have sponsored this place. <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> hey, you never know. Oh yeah, one quick thing I forgot to mention is yeah. one last ride. It's not really a ride. It's just a little chair thing. You sit, it's like a sideways chair on a rail and it's called the Transmobile and it trans uh, it moves you from the motor world to Alpine Center and there's no seatbelts or anything. You just, you could jump off if you wanted to. <laughs> and I'm sure plenty of people did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the Alpine Slides, the ride that started oh, the whole thing. This one is... Yeah, it's just insane. I know we keep saying that, but this one... So the the ride was, you know, we described it earlier, but to get to the top, you would take basically what looked like a ski lift. Oh, no. And while the the side of the ski lift, you'd you'd put the ski the or the sleds would attach to the side of the ski lift, but they weren't bolted on or anything. You could just bump them and cause them to fall off. And people did. In fact, people would intentionally try to drop them on riders below. <laughs> Worse than a snowball, like it, like remember when we saw kids at the ski place dropping snowballs? Yeah. Imagine that, but with like an actual it, object or that you could kill someone. That, yeah, that would cause some damage. I mean, Did these that not happen. These were not light sleds. These sleds looked fairly heavy. How heavy, I don't know, but even if it was still a pound, still they looked like maybe a twenty pound plus sled, maybe thirty or forty pounds. And they were looked like the the ski lift looked like it was at least a good fifteen feet above the track. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell from the videos, but it was it was up there a little bit. Yeah, I'd say twenty feet probably. Yeah, so I mean, I if it was ten feet, somebody gets hit by one of these sleds, it's gonna ruin their day. <laughs> and I guess this. Oh one, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't super common. This was not super common. Apparently, it would only happen like once or twice a day. Somebody oh, wow. would yeah. only once or twice a day. Somebody would try to do this. Yeah. How low risk? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll was, take those odds. It wasn't constantly, you know, but yeah. So. When they got to the top, guests would be greeted with pictures of <laughs> bloody photos from previous victims of the ride. <laughs> yeah. and I was thinking like... No remorse. Is, is that intended as a warning? Then why wouldn't you put that at the bottom of the ride before they got onto the ski lift? Because once they're at the top, they like I don't know if there's any way down other than just taking the ride, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So... Oh, that was that's that was just a strange detail. Like, but imagine you're you're going on a ride at Disneyland and you're ready to get on the coaster, and they're like, "By the way, look at these pictures. This is what might happen to you. Have fun." You know, <laughs> it's just crazy, man. This place. Yeah, well, the Alpine slide, the surrounding wasn't like there wasn't really hay bales or like grass for what you'd expect in a ride where you could fly off and crash, like what most sane people would think. It was just like rocky terrain. Like you go to some random like park and it's just rocks they didn't even bother to remove them when they're supposed to be removed 
And that's yeah. what caused the first death. You know, there was in that documentary, the class action park, I didn't get to complete it, but like the few stories that you hear from these people, like the uh, park attendees, just absolute crack up. Like <laughs> the guy chose that Alpine slide. He's like, it looked kind of safe. You know, you're just simple. And then at one point you're just in the air and you're like, holy shit, I'm 10 feet up in the air. Yeah. I might die. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, it's just, it's so damn hilarious. Well, yeah, and the way they were describing it is like, if you use the handbrake, if you used it too much at the wrong time, you die. It would send you flying off the track. If you didn't use it and you're going too fast, it would send you flying off the track. You die. So, in other words, people went flying off the track on this thing all the time, all yeah. day long. It was also mentioned that you had to keep like the correct center of gravity. So, if you like weighed the wrong thing and you weren't the correct height and you didn't, you know, move your momentum. So if you're the correct height, correct weight, your brakes worked, you knew how to distribute your weight, and you know, knew the turns of the ride, you could get down unscathed. Yeah. They have these rides in Germany or like in Europe still available, less less extreme by all means, and but still, it's there. I mean, if you're not careful, you can fly right off. But Yeah. I don't think there's rocks around it, though. So people would Not get, rocks. No, 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 I'm saying they're a lot safer now. But people get like broken then, bones, concussions, dislocations. And I even saw some reports of people having like their fingers ripped off. Oh, oh joy. God, that would fingers be ripped off painful. on the right. <laughs> and injuries were so common that the the staff, like the first aid staff or the EMTs that worked for the park, or how I'm not sure what their exact title was, but they would actually just hang out on the alpine slope like halfway up. So that when somebody got seriously injured, they wouldn't have to like run up from the bottom because I guess they called it like cardiac hill or something. So I mean, it's like oh, no. they were just there all the time because they knew that people would be just getting injured all day long. So they just kind of hung out on the hill waiting for somebody to get injured. As, I swear I've seen a Simpsons episode. With yeah, this. I was going like, to say Gene, to Gene go. Mulva Hill. Gene Mulva like, Hill I mean, sounds like a Simpsons episode name. I mean, the whole park is like schemed up in Simpsons mind, right? I mean, it's just like. I, I swear I've seen an episode where it's like Bart tried his hardest to try to get to this park and like he's heard legends like, oh, somebody got, you know, oh, somebody died or whatever. And it's just like that's the allure to go there is just he wants to be one of the people that survived like that a, park. This sounds like a park like Homer would make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the injuries. Now, I saw this number in a couple different places like uh, a couple of interviews and I found like a blog that was written by former employees. So this number sounds absolutely incredible, but it seems like many people, many different sources are claiming this number. So they say that there were between 50 and a hundred injuries every day. I don't mean bumps and bruises. I mean, injuries that needed to be treated. People go into the hospital in an ambulance people who had to go get like wounds patched up in the first aid tent or whatever a day, 50 to a hundred every day. That is crazy. How many, how many people did they get visiting the park per day? It's got to be pretty high, like like 10%. I mean, not millions, but I mean, it was per year. I meant it was a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of people going there. That's a lot. Yeah. And a lot of them came back, which beat my uh, <laughs> point four. Yeah. I actually found an action park meme. Oh, really? I okay. posted it. It says action park where you're allowed to hurt yourself, <laughs> which is appropriate. The, the friction burns from the Alpine ride oh, God. were known as the action park tattoo. 
Because <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess, we, <laughs> oh no, the the slides from what they describe and the pictures I see, and they didn't look like they were rough concrete, but more like a smooth fiberglass like material. But if you fell off and you hit that thing wearing only your swim trunks, you would get basically like a really bad like rug burn, but like your skin would peel off in layers. So like road burn? You'd get like kind of like a road burn. You get like this blistering peeling skin is kind of how they described it. And it would probably leave scars. I mean, there's I guarantee you there's people out there right now with action park tattoos that are still walking around to this day. <laughs> this is a battle scar. I know I'm a teenager and I'm supposed to have some sort of lack of danger, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Pretty much. That that's it right there. It's the same reason you go riding a bike without a helmet nowadays, I guess. It's just you're taking it in your own hands, man. So when people got injured with the with um, you know, these burns and scrapes and cuts and things, if it wasn't serious enough to send them to the hospital, in other words, uh, if they didn't have broken bones, I mean there'd be people who'd be covered head to toe in, you know, these cuts and burns and stuff, and they would they, they did a lot of shenanigans to hide the number of injuries so they wouldn't have to report them to, like, any sort of official. Yeah, I remember they said, but, like, if you didn't arrive in an ambulance, then it's not an injury. Right, yeah. So they would send these people to, like, the first aid tent to get their wounds disinfected. They would use this painful oh, no. spray that employees described as being, I don't know, like iodine and alcohol, or maybe there was some mercury in there. I'm not quite sure what it was. But there was like this pink stuff and they would spray it on people. And um, it was so painful that everybody would, they would scream, they would run around and sometimes they would run right into the parking lot, just screaming in pain. And we're talking about like grown men, children, anybody who had this stuff applied to them would, you know, like they were describing at one point, like a bodybuilder who looked as this big tough guy who, you know, as soon as they spray it on one of his legs, he just like starts screaming and stuff. And then they say, okay, let's get your other leg down. He's like, no way. And they're like, it's going to get infected. He's like, okay, that's fine. You're not doing that to me again. (laughs) So the employees, this is just to give you, this is another example of the culture of the place. The employees started this game where they, they took a, like a taped a two by two square on the ground and they made a game out of it. And they told the people, okay, we're going to spray you with this crap. If you can stay within this two by two area, we'll give you a prize. And they said out of, out of like three seasons, one of the people who said that they worked there three seasons out of three seasons and treating thousands of guests wounds get, let me say that again, thousands of wounds over three seasons, just to give you an idea of the numbers we're talking about here. Only one person actually was able to stay in the two by two grid and they weren't actually expecting that to ever happen. So they didn't really have a specific prize in mind. So when he was able to stay inside of the two by two square, they're like, uh, pen. They gave him a, <laughs> like a, a ballpoint point pen from the park, you know, with like an action park pen, free pens, a free pen. And, and the guy was kind of pissed off because, <laughs> you know, you'd probably expect some sort of cash prize or, you know, Guinness book of world records or something. I don't know, but they just, they never expected it to happen. So they didn't actually have a prize ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was just such a strange story. But the fact that they kept using this spray kind of reminds me of like the Milgram studies. But um, then I, I read another anecdote on the on a blog that at one point, the supervisor of the first aid tent had some extra money in the budget. So they were using this spray because it was like literally the cheapest thing they could get their hands on, I guess, to, you know, as they do at Budget, par- at budget Park. Hey, a new nickname. <laughs> um, so... 
at one time they had extra money in the budget. So the supervisor bought a disinfectant spray that didn't hurt at all. And uh, when they did this, guests actually started to complain that it didn't <laughs> hurt. <laughs> like, like the guests wanted the experience of having to go through, like, like they heard their friends had to go through this and it was like a rite of passage or something. And they wanted to prove <laughs> how tough they were. So they, they complained. So they said they went back to the pink stuff because too many people were complaining <laughs> the that hell? the spray didn't hurt. Well, maybe they were worried it wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, they said some of them thought it was just water, but they yeah. said also some of them were just complaining because it wasn't painful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I changed my mind. This isn't more to the flies park. It's Darwinism park. It's, just, it's insane. The whole thing is just nuts. The park is nuts. The guests were nuts. The whole thing is just absolutely nuts. <laughs> You know, like I said earlier, I don't think you can blame the park 100% because people going there were absolutely out of their effing minds. But they were also children, a lot of them, too. So you can't really blame children. You know, they're out of their minds just in general. (laughs) Yeah, you think you think like me is out of my mind. Imagine giving me like three beers. Right. I'm I'm just going to be like, (laughs) I'm going to be loopy. I'm going to be jumping up and down on the roof of a matchbox because, you know, like jump off or something. Yeah. (laughs) So that's that's what I had on the Alpine slide. Um, Agent uh, Kruger, you mentioned something about the ball and the ball. Would you like to tell us about that one? Oh, God. Agent Kruger? No, Agent Kruger. I I think he passed out from the stupidity. No. I I guess we lost (laughs) him. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. My wire was loose. Okay. Would you like to question? Would you like to tell us about the ball and the ball, Agent Kruger? Oh, no, no, the man and the ball and the ball? Yeah. Was a uh, half-cocked idea of, it was, I believe it was Gene himself, but also uh, he hired a couple local uh, uh, welders again to like throw together this this track of like PVC pipe. And that the idea was to throw this individual into this ball and then send him down this PV, PVC pipe trail and then I like you just get a good ride out of it, right? Or what? I don't even know what the hell they were thinking. There was ball bearings exposed inside the ball itself. Like this thing is crazy. I mean, it looks like you can get shot out of a cannon with it and you would survive, right? But I mean, I posted a picture of it. In the it chat. does kind of look like fun. It looks like you like got some super glue and just glued a bunch of well, like shopping wheel carts. I mean, it looks like a really fun That's idea. So I think the the idea behind the ball in the ball would be that you wouldn't be spinning upside down, which would be a very uncomfortable ride. The ball would spin inside the ball so you could stay more or less upright during the ride. So it would be a very comfortable ride. It sounds like a lot of fun, but the PVC track was literally just like Agent Kruger said, just PVC pipe. They probably even used that blue glue to glue it together. Like we're talking about a big heavy metal ball with a man yeah. inside of it. Suspe- and they're just suspended using- by PBC. I mean, it not, goes yeah, down the entire not very like, strong. The hill at the top where you get dropped off by the ski lift. You would hop in that thing. And the guy who put it together again, he was using PBC pipe. And then I again, would expect had- that to fail. Yeah. The it, only, I mean, like the PBC pipe, it was on a hot day in the middle of the summer and that, that expands. So when they sent down the poor son of a gun that had to test this ride out, he actually went down it so fast that the actual the the track gave way, broke off, and then he rolled off into the actual highway that was adjacent. I think it was the 94 highway you guys touched base on. Yeah. And he went <laughs> screeching across the highway into the swamp that was next door, and it was just a complete failure. Yeah. And this was like a prototype 
ride that he that he really wanted but and then there's so many other like it i mean there was like one that he, he was inspired by the g-forces of a plane or like zero gravity oh yeah. or whatever the hell it was <laughs> and it, it worked a, a couple times and if when you see this thing it's like it's two big long humps so like you'd go through the first one gain speed launch off it land somehow and then go off another one and somehow there was this kid that went you, off. You can it tell you, you can tell what? that he was thinking about momentum, but like, <laughs> like speed, uh, action. I mean, yeah, 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 exactly. Belly right. Like, I mean, I don't know. You gotta hint. You gotta hand it to to, to Chin, uh, uh, Gene Mulvihill. Mulvihill, whatever. Mulvihill. Wait, what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Mulvihill. Mulvihill. Oh, right. Mulvihill. Old Uncle Gene. I mean, you gotta hand it to the guy. Like, like he he didn't he wasn't afraid of a. Uh, taking risks you know like no thought- i think the people that were testing those rides out were, weren't afraid of taking risk more there, than the yeah. guy who was just thinking i don't think did he ever did you guys find out did he ever test one ride out himself i don't think so i don't i think he knew <laughs> what he, he was sent doing random people down i mean i mean he knew how to attract the customer he knew how to get them to be like okay well that looks dangerous and i'm dumb enough to go down it because I mean, before I, I'm not sure he was part of the. He was in Wall Street before he became a water park owner, and yeah, he was part of the penny stocks pump and dump scheme. Yeah. So like he knew that he wanted to get you that little taste before he purchased these these ski resorts. He he knew what he was doing. So when he's like, "Hey man, I'm gonna build the best water park. I don't care if it's not safe. I'm gonna hire local people. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna cut corners. I'm gonna do what I gotta do to make this monstrosity." Well, and they're dumb enough fact, to go down it. <laughs> fun fact just, is um, somehow through Gene's a little tangled life, uh, he became close friends with Donald Trump, the president, or who he was the president. And uh, Trump ended up investing in the park, but know. he pulled out after even Trump, <laughs> he, he said this park was just, he, just insanity, sheer insanity. So he yeah. pulled out his investment. I mean, he himself was looked at as a a, a Donald Trump. I mean, and a, a Gordon Gecko, if you will. Like he he was revered as somebody who knew how to play the stock market and do it right, and make money, and all this stuff. But it it wasn't. I mean, he got chased out of Wall Street. He was kicked out. So like, and then he came over, you know, to New Jersey, and then decided to build this monstrosity park. Which, you know, I got to be honest. When I was younger, I'd totally do it now. I'll break something. I won't heal as well. So, you know, I'm not going to do it. But there is, a, yeah, the rides, those concepts that you would have. He had another one. I forget. It was like the pipe slide or something like that. And you would actually attach like a loose piece of plastic on, again, PVC piping. And <laughs> PVC pipe, that immediately stands out as a cost-effective way to make a, a track, right? Which, again, that's like, to me, that's a red flag. That's like he's cutting corners. He's like, you know, it... I don't think he had evil intent, but it's just like, it's just like, man, you're going to send somebody down that. I mean, the fact that he made that, that Barnacken ride, you know, where it's like the only place you can find a human can go and get nine G's uh, of, uh, <laughs> of uh, oh, G-force. I forget what the quote was. He was like, the only 
two places you can go and experience nine G's as a civilian. One being in a jet, a, an airliner or whatever, and then the other going to this water park and getting onto that cannonball loop run or whatever. And yeah, it was, just, was it. <laughs> like a fighter jet, like an actual fighter jet, not... Well, let's talk about the cannonball loop. I, exactly. I that's, love it. That's probably the most infamous one. I mean, maybe besides the Alpine slides, I don't know. But so, yeah, as we said earlier, it was designed on a napkin by Gene himself, who had zero ride design experience. He, he just thought it would be a good idea. So they slapped it together and they would test it with some test like test dummies and they would adjust certain things like the water pressure going down and whatever. And um, I don't know, some some people said that you, I don't know if there was actually water going down or they like, just hosed you down before you went down or something and they would like adjust the angle and stuff. And uh, the the test dummies would come out all mangled and stuff, so they they got it dialed <laughs> in a little bit or decapitated, yeah, yeah or decapitated, yeah. Is what, yeah, yeah. So they got it all dialed in and stuff, and then once they thought it had, they had it reasonably well working. They started paying employees a hundred dollars a piece to go down to test it. And mind you, this is in the early '80s when a hundred dollars is that's like ten thousand dollars now. That was like a lot of money back then. They're giving teenagers. Hey, if I'm working that summer job, I'm doing it. Thanks, Uncle Gene. So yeah, they'd, they'd pay their employees $100 to go down this thing. So some people went down, and the first few people that went down came out like just completely beat to hell because what would happen was they wouldn't have enough momentum to clear the loop, and they would they would fall, and then they would smash their faces into the bottom of the loop <laughs> and then just continue going through. So they are coming out all bloody. And then the next few that went through came out with... In addition to being bloody, they were cut up. They had cuts all over them and they, they opened the hatch at the top and they looked down and they found that they were getting cut by teeth that had been embedded in the ride from the previous test subjects. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Dude. yeah I, I have a question. Since it's like a water sign, and there's water in it. What if you, what if you don't, for whatever reason, don't gain a moment, enough momentum to like actually clear the loop at all and you're just stuck at the bottom. How did they get you out? I don't think that that's. I don't think that was a problem. Because really? Because I was going to say, that'd be terrifying trapped in a dark water slide. You're stuck at the top, yeah. How do you how do you get the person at the bottom, though? That person at the bottom Ugh. is traveling really fast. Like, <laughs> But yeah, and that, that, that ride, I guess, wasn't running all the time. But it's, it's probably one of the more insane <laughs> inventions of, of Gene. Because he didn't do it with any sort of plan. He just said, let's make a loop and see what happens. And people got... Fucked up on that thing. From what I understand, also, like, when you came into the park, that was one of the first rides that you saw. And so, like, it made an, it made an impression on people. Like, yeah. you were just like, holy shit. Yeah, that's a, like, that, like what we we're talking about before. Some of these rides were almost like a, like a thing of fiction. You know, like, people, people didn't know if, like, like, some of these rides really actually existed or not if they hadn't been to the, the park, you know? And so, like, when you ride into the park right there, you saw the fucking cannonball loop. And you're just like, oh, shit. Okay. Oh, <laughs> shit. Here are. It's real. Yeah. Cause it's on, dude. It is on. This, I guess, remember, I guess this is, I guess it's, I guess it's on. You remember like, when you're a kid you know? and your friend would come back from vacation with all these tall tales? Oh, yeah. I went to Hawaii. I rode some sharks. I jumped off of yeah. cliffs. I yeah. went, I flew an airplane <laughs> into the water or whatever crazy stories they come back with that they're the all making of up. Mount Mount Kilimanjaro or yeah. some shit, whatever, something. Yeah, but this one, people <laughs> would go and they'd be like, oh, oh, this this is this is for real. <laughs> well, when you get back, you have proof because you'll likely have cuts well, at least somewhere yeah. on your body. 
if you have if you have the scars to prove it, then you know your your story is legit. Your right? action yeah. tattoo. Yeah, dude, your action tattoo. Well, it was ran by kids. I mean, it was ran by the youth, by right? Dr- I mean, by it was drunk anarchy, kids. damn near. <laughs> like, and probably high. Yeah, and then it would. It, you know, no, so y- yes, but like more, <laughs> the engineers that built that ride were more high than the kids that that you know, or quote unquote engineers, right? Like they they were cranked up on something. Like, hey, man, they're gonna shoot outside the mountain, and it's it's gonna be awesome, man. They're gonna be safe. They're gonna love it. And we're gonna make a million dollars. That's that's good. That that that'd be a crazy story to tell your grandkids. You see this guy? There's like a lot of a lot of rides that we haven't talked about yet, but um, let's talk a, just. A little bit about the, I think we mentioned the wave pool, um, but let's talk about that one a little bit in detail. Because one of the problems was, I think somebody mentioned earlier that there was it was uh, fresh water, not salt water. So you wouldn't float in the thing. You would just kind of sink. And that was very difficult for people who could not swim. So new lifeguards would be kind of hazed. They would place them in the station that they called the death chair. And that's by the area in the wave pool they called the death zone. So they would spend their entire first shift saving people from drowning, like constantly the whole time they were saying, I mean, that, that was the experience. Like I've been to a wave pool before many a time and I've never seen anybody drowning. This was nonstop. Were they in inner tubes? Yeah, no. Was, no, no. It was good. Some Are you people, serious? Yeah. Some people thought part of the ride was to drown. Just like how okay. how big were these waves? Uh, three feet. Three yeah. Feet. Also, so kind of like being in the ocean. Also, they had to regularly salt. clear out people from the pool because regularly there were too many people in the pool, and the pool was so filled from human waste, blood, gore, mud, and just all sorts of stuff <laughs> that was too murky to see the bodies, see if there was any bodies at the bottom. <laughs> so to clear the people out. Just to check if there are corpses at the bottom of the pool. Yeah, to see if anybody was drowning that needed to be saved. They had that exact <laughs> ride, the tide pool, or like it was some, it was like Pirate Bay or something like. I forget what it was called, but like they had that exact ride. It inspired so many other water parks to make these stupid rides, but it was cool when you got into it. But at your certain age, you're actually designated not to like go. Like a lifeguard would see your wristband or something like that. Yeah, and you couldn't go past a certain point. But these these waves got pretty big, and I remember I had to actually save a, like a couple kids like in summer. Like we were just together, and somehow they they launched themselves out further than they could touch, and like these waves would come rolling in. And you'd be like, no, here, grab the inner tube, hold the inner tube. Why the hell are you out here? I can't swim good. Why the hell are you out here? If you want the ultimate wave pool experience, drive to your local ocean. Uh, and that, that, that's a really fun one. Plus, plus what yeah, is it? Yeah, I mean, getting in a riptide. So, riptide, oh, yeah. We have a, yeah, yeah. Uh, the problem with that is the beaches up here, we suffer from whale attacks. So that's not really a <laughs> yeah, safe that's, option. that's part of the experience. Yeah, that's true. That's Drowning. True. No, I heard abandoned. we suffer from Alaskan currents, and that's why it's always so freaking cold. Oh, uh, the water here is part of the experience. unbelievably cold. Oh, I would, it's not although, that cold. You guys are wimps. I would jump in right now if I could, though, <laughs> if I was yeah. close to the beach. But... There's um there's a lot of rides we haven't mentioned yet, but we're getting on a little over an hour here, and it's like and, 100 and a hundred. And I'm room. like, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm melting. Yeah, I'm just it's r- really hot in here. Hey, you guys but, too. I have no circulation in my apartment. <laughs> but I did want to mention one last thing, which was the food service. 
So they put the youngest employees, we're talking 14-year-olds, in charge of the food service. And some of them said that they would partake in certain shenanigans when it was slow. For example, they would use the fryers, the deep fryers, for science experiments. They would just throw any old thing in there to see what would happen. For example, they would put plastic cups in there and they would turn into Frisbees. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or they would throw loose change hmm. in there and wait for it to, you know, they'd, it'd get really hot and then they'd throw it on the ground and laugh when people tried to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, these people are evil. This, this, place, this place was just what? fucking insane, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably on the top of everyone's heads. I don't know, it sounds like kid that heaven. Like, plastic I can, was I not, can imagine being a yeah. kid either working there or going there and just... Man, it'd be fun to maintain the go-karts, just kind of like disconnect the brakes secretly. Yeah. So did you have a, you had a story for us, Agent Ether? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to mention, so we're researching Action Park, right? And I come across this story and it's just a day old and it's about a water world over in the UK. And I guess a bunch of guests had a serious reaction to the water. They were like coughing, their eyes were red, people were like retching and throwing up. So somebody called 999, which is equivalent to 911 here. They called emergency services. They came in with like a helicopter ready to airlift people. They're like treating everybody. And the water park, they just totally blew it off. They were like, you know, it was an over response and we could have handled it. It wasn't that bad. And yeah, the guests were only actively just kind of dying. The it's, guests it's were really mad. Like they did interviews with people and they're like, no, the chlorine was so strong. We had to go to the hospital later for chlorine poisoning. How? Like, they saw that. Yeah, yeah, they were really. So the guests are really mad because the, the water park, uh, water world is claiming that, you know, it wasn't that bad, but. All the guests are like, no, in our experience, you know, our personal experience, it was pretty bad. Our eyes are still red. We're still coughing. The children who threw up probably aren't feeling so great. Yeah, I think I th this is like a parallel universe experience where this should have happened to Action Park, but the timeline split and it didn't happen. <laughs> well, there's just so much more media coverage nowadays in that, you know, it's available on the internet. I mean, here we are, we're over here in the Americas and... You know, I have instant access to this story. Yeah, I, did. I didn't even know Waterworld existed until you mentioned that. Yeah, I, I wanted to research it more, but I figured it would be kind of redundant. I saw that one because I was trying to look at other water parks to see what their injury rates compared to Action Park, you know, to see. But I'm hoping a lot I could, lower. I could find almost nothing to, com you know, to compare to like most parks like they have one or two incidents over the years. Like I found one thing at Raging Waters in San Dimas where there was, a, there's a ride, what was it, like Roaring Rapids or whatever. Where there's a waterfall. It, no, it was that one, remember where it had multiple paths you could choose? Yeah. And you could, and yeah, they had I like, think, I think, uh, the, it had like a bunch of small slides that would go into like a middle area and then like three or four slides that would go to different paths and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I guess there was this girl that was with her uncle and the uncle's inner tube went down to the next area and he started walking down to the next area. And there was a sign that said, don't do that. Her inner tube was swept by the current because, you know, they, they put like a little bit of a current to help you along to kind of propel you. And she, her, her inner tube swept down the slide into him. He fell onto her and she became paralyzed. Oh, right? wow. But that was, that's like a freak accident. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's just raging. Horrible. Raging Waters has been open for decades and like you're going to have a freak accident 
if you have so many thousands and thousands of people going there every day, sooner or later, something like that's going to happen. But like, that doesn't seem like negligence on part of the park. That just seems like, you know, and I, I went on that ride when I was a kid and that would happen occasionally you would lose your inner tube down to the next section just because of the design of the ride. People were getting off of their inner tubes all the time to kind of like chill out and like the little mini pools and stuff. And it just happened a lot, but usually people didn't walk down. They usually like slid down to the next area to get their tubes. It was just like, a, it could have happened to anyone. It's just like a freak thing, you know, it's just really unfortunate, but I couldn't find anything com that compared to action park, nothing even close, like in, not even in nothing at all in the same ballpark at yeah. all. Because in total, Action Park had six deaths, and yes. there could be more. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that. So their their total six people died. So on July eighth, nineteen eighty, nineteen year old George Larson was going down the Alpine track, and his sled jumped the track. He struck his head on a rock and went into a coma, and later died. Gene lied to the uh, to the press and to the you know anybody investigating or whatever he said that it was actually an employee because it benefited them better if it if it was an employee versus a guest it was sort of like a different category and it like cuz they didn't really they didn't report it right away <laughs> as they do yeah didn't they also say it was in an off season off hours yeah so, something like that but it was not it was not an employee of the park they just lied and said it was and they made up a, like, basically, uh, Gene made up a tall tale to tell the newspapers, and the newspapers actually took his side and believed him. The family's lawyer convinced the family to settle for 100K, and I think it's because the lawyer was worried about, like, litigation, the fake insurance thing that we mentioned earlier, and stuff like that. Because when somebody, whenever somebody sued the park, Gene never settled, ever. He would just make, he would drag it on as long as possible and if even if he was found a, a guilty or they found against him, he just refused to pay and they would have to send like the marshals to get the money from him or something. Oh, yeah. Employees reported that Gene refused to pay like some taxes and things. So at first the uh, marshals came over and were like, this is a legal robbery, I guess. And yeah. eventually just came like a normal routine. Okay, here's the cash register. Take what you want. Please don't hurt me. Yeah, they, that's what I, yeah, the marshals just show up to the park and just like yoink. <laughs> here's our money. It was crazy. But they the lawyer told the family that teenagers weren't worth anything what? or they weren't valuable. <laughs> so you're not going to get any money for them for your kid that just died. But I think it was more the the lawyer didn't want to go through the whole litigation that they knew was ahead of them if they tried to sue Action Park. They knew that if even if they did win, it was going to be a very long road to win that lawsuit. And there's, I mean, a lot of these cases, you could you could go into a lot more depth, but we're going to skip over them pretty quickly because we're getting on a time here. So on July 24, 1982, uh, George Lopez, a 15-year-old boy, drowned in the wave pool. On August 1st, 1982, a 27-year-old man, oh, we already talked about that. Yeah, the, the kayak, the old kayak deal where he got electrocuted under the water. So we don't need to talk about that one in detail. In 1984, this is when the heart attack... So somebody on the Tarzan swing supposedly landed in the water and it was so cold that it sent them into shock and made them have a heart attack. I don't think we discussed the Tarzan no, swing. No, we didn't really talk about the heart... Maybe we should talk about the Tarzan swing for a moment. Yes, yeah, so basically it was just like a little like... It was like a rope. You jumped off and you swung on it into like a pool. Yeah. And the water was so cold most of the time, riders would be shocked and forget how to swim and they'd have to be saved. Yeah. 
But that's not the only reason it was fun. This was apparently, um, it sounds like a good, good, wholesome ride. You know, ah, oh, Tarzan, we're going to swing into the water. That sounds like fun. But apparently, a lot of the riders would do things like as they flipped into the water, they would flip off the crowd behind them waiting to join, the, waiting to go on the ride. Or they would pull down their shorts and show their junk or pull up their tops and show their tops. Or they would say, you know, the if they saw somebody, if the crowd waiting saw somebody get injured, they would say, they would call them like, hey, you're a fucking pussy. What's wrong with you? And stuff like that. Like there was a lot of heckling and nastiness going on on this ride, apparently. <laughs> and, you know, fights would break out here. There's another ride we didn't talk about with rafts where rafts, if a raft would bump into each other, people yeah, think, would just start fighting each other all I the think, time. I think there's two of them like that. Yeah, there's a couple. We didn't, I mean, we didn't have time for that, but there was apparently a lot of fights and brawls would break out all the time on this thing. So moving right along, well, I, I guess uh, these the, guys think they're in a John Wick movie. The Tarzan one, though, I'm I don't know if you can really blame Action Park for that because maybe they had a pre-existing condition. I don't know. So, Did they have a heart attack right away? I I think, I th- I so, think yeah. Action Park I'm can be blamed. I'm gonna blame Action Park. I think, I think all these deaths and injuries are mostly in <laughs> Action Park. I think if Park's they went fault. in the water and then it was like an hour later, but if it was right away, yeah. All right. The water so, shouldn't be that cold though, because this was a regular thing. On August 27, 1984, Donald DePass, who was 20 years old, died in the wave pool. And on July 19, 1987, an 18-year-old named Gregory Grandchamps also drowned in the wave pool. So that's three deaths in the wave pool that I found. And that's um, kind of crazy that they even left it open after the first person that died or didn't come up with some way of making it more safe. But... It was just sort of the philosophy at the park that it was, you know, it was your risk to take. So, I mean, the the park was sued many times, as I mentioned, and they usually won them. And when they didn't win them, they made it, you know, the gene dragged it on as long as possible to make it, you know, to make it really hard to sue them, basically. Uh, so you, you got to, we mentioned earlier, like, how did they get away with this for so long? And it turns out that Gene, this this is a small town, right? We're not in like a huge town. This is a small town. So Gene had a lot of the local politicians in his pockets. He would like buy them houses and cars and he would buy them dinners and, you know, just other benefits and things like that. So they were, they would just kind of look the other way, right? And in, I mean, in addition to also mentioning that a lot of the injuries just did, were not reported at all. So they, the government technically didn't know about most of the injuries, but even the ones they did know about the government, local officials, they were willing to look the other way because of, first of all, just straight up bribery. But also this park was by far the largest employer in the area. And it brought in a lot of money to a small town, like a lot of money. So I think that was also a factor in why they were able to look away. Um, and they probably he probably already also had ties with like the New Jersey government and stuff like that. But I didn't have time to look into those specific ties so much. But probably he shook a few hands there to get away with all this stuff for so long, for like 20 years. Um, so yeah, as, as we mentioned earlier, Gene didn't believe in, believe in insurance. Or he didn't want to pay for it or whatever. So he set, up, religion. he set up a fake shell company to insure the park because it was required as part of, part of his lease that he had insurance. You know, it's probably a legal thing anyways. But he also used this uh, shell company to launder money. Um, it was called London and World Insurance. This led to an investigation 
and conviction. And this is sort of like where the it's the whole thing started to unravel, you know, and this is sort of the beginning of the end. Um, as part of the conviction, the state of New Jersey told him that he, he would have to give up ownership of the park. Instead, Gene, who was never one to follow rules, said, nah, fuck you guys. He stopped paying his lease to the state and became as obnoxious to them as possible. So much so that at some point the state just said, all right, you know, we've had enough. We'll just sell you the land. So we don't have to deal with you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of, instead of actually like sending him to jail or something. How crazy is that? But so, yeah, you know, Gene wanted to build a park where the action was controlled by the individual, not the park. And, you know, there was a danger involved, but it was the responsibility of the guest to take whatever risks they were comfortable with and live with the consequences. But I can't help but think that that's just a convenient cover for cutting costs, hiring teenagers instead of experienced adults to do jobs that experienced adults should be doing, you know, managers and people. You you can't pay the minimum wage to be like the head of security, you know. And I think that part of that was just an excuse. I mean, I think he was sincere in part, but I think it was also a cover for just how dangerous and hurtful this park was. Um, and you know, like I said, there, there was no comparison as to other parks of just how many people got hurt. And I think that, you know, he tried to cover that up as much as possible. And part of that cover up was, well, it's their fault for they're the ones taking the risk, you know, but uh, who knows, maybe he was sincere and he, it's, it's hard to understand to wrap your head around, but in order to understand it, I think you have to realize that it wasn't just the park being risky. It was also the guests being risky. <laughs> like it was, they were in on it too. You know, it's just, it's such a crazy, crazy place. But, you know, before you think that, um, yeah, this is a thing of the past. There's nothing like that going on nowadays. I would like to give an honorable mention to the roller coaster and ride manufacturer named Intamin. I-N-T-A-M-I-N. They make roller coasters. They make some of the baddest ass and dangerous roller coasters in the world. They have rides all over the world and amusement parks everywhere. For example, their ride Accelerator is at Knott's Berry Farm. And I said dangerous. Well, this ride once had a launch cable shred underneath of the cart and the shrapnel hit some guests and injured them. There's a video if you'd like to find it. It's a little unsettling. It, it's not too Did, graphic or is, anything. Is that the one where it chopped the girl's legs off? Uh, no, that's a different one. We're going to oh. get We're gonna get there. Why are there <laughs> so many of these? Yeah, ex- that's why I'm bringing it up. Um, their famous ride, Top Thrill Dragster, which is basically the same thing as Accelerator, only on steroids. They also had a shredded cable in- incident that injured guests. But on August 15th, 2021... A piece of the coaster car actually flew off and hit a guest in head who was waiting in line, hit her in the head, causing serious but unspecified injuries. The family has not said exactly what it is, but it's rumored to be like she had to go to, you know, critical care in the ER or whatever. It's rumored that she got permanent brain damage from this. It just smacked her in the head and just crushed her skull and is what they think happened, basically. The ride has been closed ever since, and um, they're... Th- a lot of people think that they're waiting for it to, you know, the bad press to die down before reopening it because like we're talking about $20 million coasters. They put a lot of money into these things. They don't want to just shut them down. I mean, the park operators, you know, but there is a slightly taller and slightly faster ride still running in New Jersey called King Daka, also made by Intamin. So if you want to uh, experience this danger for yourself, you can still do it. They still got almost exactly the same thing still running. 
All right, in 2007, a 13-year-old girl was riding a drop ride named the Superman Tower of Power, and she had both of her feet cut off when a cable snapped and wrapped around her legs. And this happened at sort of the beginning of the ride while it was being lifted. If the ride operators had hit the emergency stop, she would have been fine and would have just had a couple of cuts and bruises. But for whatever reason, they didn't notice or whatever, and the ride went up and it just, you know, it tied around her legs and just tightened up and just chopped her feet right off. The doctors were able to reattach one of her feet and the the park was fined, drum roll please, the park received a fine of $1,000 for poor maintenance. Just a thousand? Just a thousand dollars. For chopping someone's legs off? Yep, for chopping someone's legs off. I I thought you were going to say like, like at least a million, honestly. Right. No, no. It was, yeah, it was, like even a million wouldn't do a dent. A thousand is nothing for them. Like they, they make that up in like five minutes. Um, so in, 20, How? in 2013, a boat on the ride shoot the rapids at Cedar Point rolled backwards down the lift hill and turned upside down in the water. The seven restrained passengers were trapped underwater for a few minutes while guests and employees struggled to save them. Is this still Intamin? Still Intamin. That's what we're oh, talking God. about here. Luckily, in this case, nobody died, but I mean, they were upside down and they could have very well if people didn't get to them in time. Um, Now, uh, next incident we're talking about, an 11-year-old boy died and three others were injured when a raft overturned on the Raging River Ride at Adventureland Park in Iowa on July 3rd, 2021. So in this case, unfortunately, they were not so lucky. People actually did die on, on a similar ride. So believe it or not, that's just some highlights because I didn't want to go too much into it. We could do a whole episode on Intamin, easily do a whole episode on Intamin, just like the one we did on Adventure Park. You know, needless to say, the spirit of pushing boundaries with extreme rides that may or may not injure or kill people is still alive and well today. Whatever your local amusement park, like I said, chances are they have something from Intamin installed. They've been making rides for a long time and will probably continue to do so for the foreseeable future. I think the main difference here is that the insanity is spread out around, you know, the world instead of concentrated into one place. And maybe that's how they keep getting away with it. I don't know. But uh, I mean, that's that's uh, just sort of the the appeal, I guess. People see that and they say, well, that's probably not going to happen to me. And it just sort of makes the ride more exciting. But it's just strange to me that some regulator doesn't say, all right, you guys are out of control. We need to shut you down. That that's never happened. And people have been, you can look up a list of all their injuries and deaths over the years. And I didn't touch on all of them. That was just the highlights. That's pretty much all we had for this week's episode. Cause I'm about to pass out from heat, heat stroke. Yeah, I was going to say, and I'm like, <laughs> I know, wait, trying yeah, not to mess up the audio going. Yeah. Agent ether swinging at me. No, stop. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you could really help us out by checking out the affiliate link in the description. This week, we have some Action Park-related merchandise. You can check out some t-shirts. There's a movie that was made by, um, by the Jackass guy. And uh, there's a book written by the son of, uh, of um, Gene Mulville about Action Park. There's a couple things. I'll just put a link in the description that has that stuff in it. And uh, you're, you're, if you decide to buy something, your purchase helps to support the show and doesn't cost you anything extra. Wow, these products are very cool. You should purchase them immediately and ship them to your current location. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Agent Redacted. That was very convincing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Keep it strange.